Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can I get a good amen? Yesterday we started, well the theme of the conference is inheriting the promises by faith. But the spirit of God has been leading us to lay certain foundations before we get into uh, the, the topic Actually, so uh, tonight again, you know, I just felt led of the Spirit to pick up a setting foundation on the subject of faith, and then we're going to start dealing with the subject. And let's first of all turn our Bibles, and uh, actually, it lined up with what the choir sang. Uh, Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. The earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. Now, we get introduced to God creating and God encountering a challenge with the creation. Just at the very beginning of the Bible. And you know, I've mentioned to you that God is not mysterious. God is not trying to hide himself. He wants us to know exactly who he is. Why? Because in knowing him, we can function perfectly on the earth. Remember in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, the Bible says, Let us create man in our image and likeness. Which means that God wanted someone who could represent him fully. Now, you cannot represent someone you do not understand. Am I right? Okay, so we we understand that God, you know, created the earth and then there was a problem. The Bible says the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. The Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then, verse 3, then God said... God created, we find the problem, we find the uh, presence of the Spirit of God, and then we find God carrying out a faith action right here. God said, let there light, and there was light. The original Hebrew says, God says, light be. Now, if you go down, you see God says this, and God says this, and God says that, and God says that. Right now, if you go up to um, where do we see? Where do we go to verse 31? Go to verse 31 because I'm laying foundation, I don't want to go through all of the scriptures. God saw, praise God, are you here? God saw all that He had made. How did He make what He made? By speaking. 
by speaking. God saw all that he had made and behold it was very good. Now someone say it's because he's God. No, not exactly. That's how you function. You saw a choir uh, beautifully dressed and they had some things around around their waist for the ladies, for the guys. <laughs> if they had something around their waist, it would have brought them down first. But you see, the ladies had something around their waist, right? And the guys had something across them. That thing, I don't know the name, that's why I'm calling it thing, okay? That thing they wore around for the ladies, around their waist, was in the mind of Pastor Mary. Hoping I'm right. I don't know who brought the idea, but I should assume she was the one. Was in her mind. And she called the tailor and says, I want you to make something for us. And she spoke what was in her mind. Right? I want something. It should have flowers. It should have lead. It should have line. And you know how ladies go with all the descriptions. Now, if the tailor had made something else, this is what she was going to say. This is not what I said you should make. Why? Because whatever she's expecting the tailor to bring is the image in her heart. Everything you are creating in your life, you brought it out from the image of your heart. The process of creation is you first speak words. And you use that every day of your life. It's only when it comes to the circumstances of your life you feel that that doesn't work. When you go and buy a car, how do you buy a car? Do you just go and go to the car dealer shop and say, mm, mm, mm. do you say that? They don't say, do you understand that? You don't say that. And the guy asks you, what do you want? You say, mm, 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 mm. No. The man will say, talk. Why? Because it's in talking you will create the kind of car you want. So you go to the car dealership and you say, I want a car. I want a blue car. I want this kind of car. Are you following what I'm saying? Now what happens as you are speaking, what are you creating? You are creating a car. Now, if you are very wealthy, you can actually change some things in the car. It's when you don't have so much. They'll say, this one does not have tire. You say, no, no. is it driving? Say, yes, they bring it. But when you have money, right? You can say, change this, change this, and you call them specialized cars. Those specialized cars were built for you, but how did you make it? How was it made? The process of formation is your words. Now, what I'm explaining to you is not a mystery. Go to Romans chapter 4. Paul's, Paul explains it to us very well. Romans chapter 4. And we do this all the time. We create things all the time. How many of you have ever been in relationships? And I mean, I'm, and I'm telling you, there's so much crisis in the relationship. And then you finally sat down with the person to talk. And after talking, you just say, I don't know who created this problem. And if you trace the creation of the problem, it's misunderstanding of words. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, child of God, faith is not a mystery. 
We use it every day. It's, it's, it's about learning how to be intentional. Remember, it's a faith refreshers conference. I'm not teaching something deep. I'm reminding you of what you already know. That every day of your life, you are creating something. For the guys, when you go to the, uh, the hair saloon, what do you do? Huh? Come on, talk to me. You create. Right? I want my hair like this. I want it like this. I want my beard like this. Don't touch the mustache. You, you, you start by that. You start by do not. The first commandment, don't touch the mustache. Or if you touch it, trim it like this. Now, by the time you look at yourself in the mirror, <laughs> and maybe the guy has touched where he should not touch. He's recreated you in his own image and likeness. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? You get angry because that's not what you created. Are you following what I'm saying? Romans chapter 4, please. Come with me to verse 17. We're going to deal with this more as we go on. Verse 17, as it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. Now, pay attention. When the Bible says, a father of many nations I have made you, Abraham did not have a child. He didn't have a child. There was no child. And it says, a father of many nations, I have made you. That's who you are. And Abraham, well, I don't have a child. No. Paul now explains to us how God thinks. You know, when he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, just as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He's not trying to say you cannot think like God. Pay close attention to what I'm saying. The Bible is not saying you cannot think like God. Rather, he's saying you should think like God. He's trying to tell you that I think at a higher level of thought and I want you to think at that level. How does God think? In the presence of him who, whom he believed, who he believed, even God, who does what? I want to hear those two words loud and clear. Everyone, let's go. Who does what? Who gives life to the dead? First characteristic. He gives life to the dead. And what does God do again? Cause. What? Cause into being. That which does not exist. So you meet a dead situation. Don't describe it. Give it life. Why? You're created in God's image. Give it life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, this country is dead. Because we say that all the time. I have never, I've traveled a little. I'm hoping to travel a bit more. But I'm not sure I have met any nation that curses her nation like our nation. I have not met. I'm telling you the truth. If you ever fly into Lagos, immediately you are landing. Insults have started. In, from the air. Insults. Go online. Insults. The Bible says, by the blessing of the righteous, the city will prosper. God gives life to the dead. And let me have the amplified version, please. God gives light to the dead. Oh, thank you, Lord. He says, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. That's how faith works. 
you speak about the non-existent as if what? It already exists. So when you are sick in your body and you say, I'm healed, you are not denying that you are sick. You are calling the healed body that is not existence into existence. That's the operation of faith. And God shows us all through the scriptures. That's how he works. He didn't go and say, oh, darkness. Where did this darkness come from? I didn't create darkness, so where did it come from? No, you don't need to know where it came from. You have to give life to it. Many times people describe their problems and call it prayer. Many times people describe their mountains. They introduce their mountains. He didn't say talk about the mountain. He says talk to the mountain. You must learn to talk to things. And people say, well, I don't, well, go listen to my series on the law of words. Well, uh, I cannot be talking to things. I'm in my child out of, but you talk to things all the time. You get in your car, and the car does not start, and you start saying, what's wrong with this car? I just bought battery. Who are you talking to? Huh? My dear sisters, get in front of the, huh? They try to wear their shirt and where, 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 where? The thing doesn't pass here. Where, where, where? I'm not fat. Hey, I'm not fat. And I'm not eating. Who are you talking to? The skirt. There is the skirt. Oh, there's no landing in this skirt. And they start addressing the skirt. They start talking to the skirt. And this zip is not working. Who are you? You talk to things all the time. Why is it that when it comes to your situation, you say you don't want to talk to it? And you know the interesting thing? You talk about your situation all the time instead of talking to it. I don't know why things don't always work for me. You're talking about it. If things don't always work for you, then it's time to start changing what you say. Things always work for me. Give life to that dead situation. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to give some life. Don't say it one more time. Say, it's time to give some life to that dead situation. And you know what? There's something I want to point out there before we get into Hebrews chapter 6. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. Now, let me go back and explain something. When you want to create, follow me carefully, when you want to create something, if you go to the book of Psalms, it explains that very carefully that he, uh, the Lord spoke and the spirit gathered you know, the earth. right? The spirit gathered the earth. Now, when you want to create something, you might not have the ability. So like I just used my lovely choir, for example, they are not tailors, but they want whatever they want. So, uh, Pastor Mary speaks to the tailor. Now, Pastor Mary does not have the ability to create that, right? But she's the one in charge because she's going to pay, she's going to do all of that. So she speaks to a tailor who's got the ability. Follow me carefully. Who's got the ability? Now, the tailor produces whatever pastor has spoken. You want a car or you want something. You go in, you speak about what you want, and the person, the car dealer shop or whoever who has the ability produces, right, what you want. Now, the Bible says, after the darkness upon the face of the earth, something was moving. What was that? What was that? The Spirit of God. So when God spoke, it was the spirit that did the creation. Now, when you were created in the image of God, the Holy Spirit now lives in you. Follow me carefully. 
The Bible says, and we just sang it, if that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, observe the word, same, same spirit, same spirit, same spirit. The spirit in you is not different from the spirit of God. The Bible says the Holy Ghost bears witness with us that we are the sons of God. Are you following what I'm saying? So we carry the DNA of the Father. So the Holy Ghost on the inside of you is the one that causes your words to come to pass. Are you hearing? So the ability is not you having the ability. So when you say, I am healed in the name of Jesus, you don't have the ability to heal yourself. But the Spirit of God on the inside of you starts releasing the healing virtues, start causing the money to come, start causing increase to come. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, the Holy Ghost can only walk based on God's word. Because that's the promise. We will talk about the promise because we talk about hearing. It says, According to the promise he had foretold. Many times as Christians, we don't walk these principles long enough until they become part of our nature. And that's where the challenge is. In a faith conference like this, everybody's excited. Praise God. Until you go home and you see the letter. Or you get a text message. Then what in your heart begins to come out? How is my life like this? Is this how my life is going to be? At 34, I was thinking I was, I was thinking I would be the president of the country. Now I'm 42. I'm not even a local government chairman. You're talking about the situation. You're, you're not creating anything. You are describing what is existing instead of calling forth those things that be not as though they were or giving life to something that is dead. And you know what? God doesn't do that for you. How many of you know the children of Israel, numbers, right? God says you're going into the Canaan land. They went into Canaan land and they said, ah, we're like grasshoppers in their side. They are giants. They made all those descriptions. And, and they thought, or you would think God would say, ah, my children, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I didn't measure your size before I said you should get into the land. Right? You know, some people like pity. If they describe their problem to you and you don't pity them, they say you don't have empathy. Hmm? When you say, ah, I'm not feeling well, say, ah, take it easy. You know, this season, what time is it? Say it's October. It says malaria month, so it's international malaria month, so we all, we all to have our portion. Say, see, you're a very understanding person. Say, it's like that. It's like that. Understanding sickness. And if that person say, stand on your authority in Christ, say you are healed. He say, yeah, you cannot even, do you think it's easy? Do you think I like this sickness? Listen, my friend, you're just, you're just having a pity party. Every sickness has the potential to kill you. Are you serious? Are you hearing what I'm saying? The devil wants to take you out of this world. Don't collaborate with him. There's nothing like it's just malaria. There's not just malaria. Deal with it. It's not God's plan for you. You see, whatever is not in the plan, don't accept it. I said, whatever is not in the plan, don't accept it. Whatever is not in the will, don't accept it. The promise is God's will for you. Read the will. Is this part of the will? It's not there. I'm not taking it. And you have to be serious about it. That's how we create our life. That's how faith works. 
Don't just be, don't stand in awe of faith giants. Start working your faith. You know what? Because someday, somewhere, you're going to need your faith to work on the behalf of someone. Yeah, and your faith better be ready for that. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you, are you still here? Now then, having laid that foundation, let's, let's start now talking about inheriting the promises by faith, actually. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 11. So I'm going to deal with just one word tonight, and I'm going to build up from here. Come with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 6. Uh, thank you, Lord. We're going to read from verse 11, and we will stop at verse... Well, this is actually the theme of the conference, but we're going to stop at verse 17. Verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. The same diligence. Pay attention to that word. We're going to come back to it. So as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. He says, you've got to show, we, we want you to show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. So that, so there's a comma there, which means that that whole uh, sentence is the same sentence. So that you will not be sluggish. That's what we're dealing with tonight. You, he says, we want you to show diligence so that you will get the full assurance of your hope, whatever is promised to you, is so that you will not be sluggish. We're going to deal with that. But, same statement continuing, imitators of those who through faith and patience did what? Inherit the promise. So it tells us very clearly about an attitude of inheritance. Now, pay attention, leave it there for me. When he says, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise, it means that not everybody inherited the promise. Uh, let me tell you something. No matter the big man of God that dies in a certain way, it doesn't mean that you should die that way. You don't know where people are with God when certain things happen. You follow those who inherited the promise. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me use it's an example I shouldn't use, but not that I shouldn't use it, but don't misinterpret what I'm saying. For instance, you would hear that, for instance, a minister is separated from his wife. Then you say, oh, even if this person, ah, what hope do we have? No. What about the one who is still with his wife for 80 years? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, the examples you set in front of you will determine the functionality of your faith. You follow a man that has inherited the promise, not the one that is struggling with the promise. If your teacher failed classwork, what's the hope that homework will be correct? <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? The teacher is struggling with classwork. Are you, so you follow a teacher who through faith and patience have done the classwork. You know, it's today people, I don't know why, but it's today people just employ, they can employ one teacher to teach many subjects. Right? And it's very wrong. It's, it's wrong. Completely wrong. Because you ought to put a teacher who is teaching a subject, right, based on what that teacher has learned. So, a mathematics teacher should know mathematics. You know, there's some mathematics teachers who are asking the children, what do you think? I think it should be four. <laughs> the child doesn't say, 
Uncle, I'm not sure. Say, we're we even not sure, all of us. He shouldn't be teaching that subject. Why? Because he hasn't. He's not, a, he's not proficient in that. You shouldn't teach something you don't know. You don't teach by faith. Are you hearing this now? So what am I trying to tell you? Many people look at examples of those who did not inherit the promise and say, if this person did not inherit, then what hope is there for me? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, follow those. Follow those who have inherited the promise. Praise God. Are you still here? Okay, so he says, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could not swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. I'm going to talk about this when it comes to the promise. You see, every promise of God is guaranteed because God swore by himself. Oh, praise God. You know, in those days when you say, I swear to God, and you lick sand, I can't tell how many things we... You know, God kept us because we have eaten many things in trying to say the truth. You know, when you say that, it actually is supposed to be your final answer. But today, people can swear to God and still, I mean, you know, but that's what it means. When you take an oath, when you take an oath, it's, it's final. God took an oath with himself consigning the promises he has given to you. God's oath is constant. Hallelujah. Then he says, saying, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And so having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. For men swore by one greater than themselves and with them at oath given as a confirmation is an end of every dispute. Which means that if there is any argument in your life, when you hold the promises of God, it should be the end of that wavering in your heart. It should be the end of that dispute. Why? Because an oath has come in. Hallelujah. We'll explore this as we go on. In the same way, God desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness, constant, of his purpose interposed this with an oath. So there was an oath. All right. So let's examine this word. Hebrews 6, 11. Come with me to 11 again. And we desire that each one of you should show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of your hope until the end. Let me have the amplified version. The amplified version says, and we desire, praise God, but we do strongly and earnestly desire for each of you to show the same diligence and sincerity. Look at those words in brackets. All the way true. All the way true. In realizing and enjoying the full assurance and development of your hope until the end. Now I want to pay attention to that word all the way true. You know where people's issue is with faith? They don't follow through. They don't follow through. And that's why I always teach people, when you are developing your faith, don't be putting timelines on your faith. You haven't developed your faith long enough. You haven't developed your faith muscles long enough. You just say, if by December this does not happen. You don't have, you don't have that. Keep exercising your faith. To follow through. That's why you can't teach people faith without patience because the development of your faith, patience has to be part of it. An impatient man cannot walk in faith. Are you, are you, are you in church tonight? Alright. Let's look at that word sluggish. Um, let, let's have the NIV. 
Why they putting up the NIV for me? I said in my note, biblical diligence essentially means whatever you're doing right, you do it all the way through to the end until you see a manifestation of the fruits of what you're doing. Right? It says, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make sure, in order to make your hope sure. Verse 12. Verse 12, please. We do not want you to become what? So a Christian can be spiritually lazy because he's not saying things to the end. He says, we don't want you to become lazy. Now, the New Living Translation uses another different term. And I, and I want you to follow that because we're going to look at it three times. Give me the NLT. He says, verse 12 only. Now, um, Dan, verse 11. Let's start reading from verse 11 because there's a Dan there. Our great desire is that you keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Verse 12. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Two words. Spiritual dullness and indifference. So we've, we've looked at, there are three words there. And we've seen from three different translations. Number one, sluggish. Number two, lazy. Number three, spiritually dull or indifferent. You know, people get to the point in their life where they are indifferent about the word of God. The Bible, God's word is being taught and people are playing. People are on social media. People are, they're just indifferent because they don't feel the word is going to change them. You're reading your Bible and watching TV at the same time. Praying and on WhatsApp on the same time. Just indifferent, just lazy. And we're going to deal with that. All right. So, people become sluggish or they become lazy. It means that that was not how they started. If a man becomes lazy, he says, so that you do not become... Let me have NASB again. Go back to uh, New American Standard Bible. He says, so that you will not be sluggish. The NIV says, so that you will not become lazy. So, it means that they did not start out lazy. They started out strong, but they became lazy because what they were believing for did not show up. They started becoming indifferent. Are you following what I'm saying? They started with, I mean, you attend a faith conference like this and you're on fire. Oh God, we are going to turn graves into gardens. And boy, one month, it looks more like a graveyard than anything else. What happens? You start becoming lazy. You know, you, 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 you come to a, a conference like this, you start watching your confession. After one month, you become lazy. You become sluggish. Now, if, if someone is sluggish, it does not mean they are not moving. They are just, they have reduced their pace of movement. Right? And you know what? A man becomes sluggish when excitement has gone off his heart. Enthusiasm has gone off his heart. Hope has gone off his heart. And so the man is moving, but he's moving indifferently. He's, he's indifferent to the things of the Spirit. That's what it means to become sluggish. He says, don't become sluggish. Come on, be imitators of guys who held on to the end. And many of us in our faith life is as if, it's not as if we don't know these principles, but we have become sluggish. We've become lazy. Spiritual things will test your patience, your desire, your steadfastness. In a generation that's in a hurry, we easily become tired of spiritual disciplines that produces results. We easily become sluggish. 
And we throw our confession out of the way. We throw persistent prayer out of the way. In Hebrew, the word sluggish means slow, sluggish, lazy, or slow to learn. Slow to learn. We're no longer excited about the word of God. I remember many years ago, I can't forget, I bought my amplified version for uh, 800 naira. That small amplified version for 800 naira. Okay? I saved that money. Oh, boy, I'm telling you. A couple of months. Then I was working. I think they were paying me 600 naira or something to teach or something. I was teaching SS3. I just finished school then. SS1 or something. So, Right? And um, I saved up that money. I bought the, I was so happy with the amplified version. I, the man wanted to put it in a leather bag for me. I said, no. I held it. You see, it's interesting. I bought it around Estate. There was a bookshop in, in a place in Warwick called Estate. I was so happy I didn't get inside a taxi. I was walking. I was just happy that I could finally have my own copy of the amplified. Praise God. Treasuring the word of God. Today we have all kinds of translations on our tablets. Yet zero value for the word. We become sluggish. You know, in those, in those days when the pastor is teaching and you catch a rema, you are so excited. On the way from the meeting, you are discussing the rema. You are, you know, you just, it's like God. Ah, man, I caught a revelation. We couldn't wait to come back from classes so we could talk about what we caught. Today you can finish a meeting, get into the bus, and I mean, just throw away what the pastor has said and start discussing something else. We've become sluggish. Listen, we must be a generation that rises up and say, listen, it's either the word of God is true or we've been lied to. We must be that generation that lays hold on the promises of God. That if God says you are blessed, you walk in the blessedness of it. That if God says with long life, will I satisfy you? You refuse to die. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We don't become sluggish. We don't give an excuse why the word of God is not working. We don't give an excuse why we're not seeing the promises of God come to pass in our life. We are that generation that can stay like Daniel. We will not bow our knees and we will win by righteousness. We are not the generation that says, but this is Nigeria. You know, gradually, we've removed the efficacy of the word of God. And, and I, I say this jokingly, but I say, you know, we have come to a place in our Christianity where it's, it's even in the church. Someone will show you a herbalist. You say, ah, we, we know we, it's Greek and Hebrew we do in this church. Pastor will say the Greek word, the Greek word. You know, this case is not an issue of Greek. He say, yes, my sister. Uh, well, yeah, but you say, I will show you some. He say, the man even prays. Oh. <laughs> say, you know, it's, it's hand, help hand. The hand will be clean. That, that's a cell meeting. <laughs> huh? That's why sometimes we, you know, Testimonies are good, but you need to investigate certain testimonies because certain things are attributed to God that he was not part of. Hmm? And then you lure people out. You see someone belongs to a local church. He still has a prayer house. Because he feels that they are not praying enough in that church. You know people feel they are not praying enough. They are not praying in this church. They are not praying. See, when you pray, when you really pray, you will see prayer. You say, okay, okay, okay. They teach us to pray. The disciples say, teach us to pray. <sighs> Some have local church. They have a prayer house. Then they have a personal prophet. Because their pastor is blind. Hmm? Say spiritual things is not one place. You put things. You put things in place. So you have all the things in place. How far have your life gone? Where, where have you gone to now? 
Praise God. How far have your life gone? Because you don't believe the word of God. You don't trust the promises of God. We don't believe that God heals anymore. We're not patient to hold on and say, you know what? We are believing for healing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Becoming sluggish. Have you become sluggish in your faith work? Have you lowered your confession? Have you lowered the intensity of your believing? Have you become lazy? Are you now spiritually dead or dull? Hmm? The word of God does not touch you anymore. When they are preaching, you say, that's for them. Oh, it's because you are a pastor. People give you money. Then why have you not become a pastor? You don't want money? Ah, church is business now. Open one. I thought you were looking for another means of income. It takes a lot of energy to be a false prophet. You think to be a false prophet is just you just say it takes ah, to be a false prophet and sustain falsehood. Oh, even stealing is not easy now. You will need some some discipline. You can't be lazy and steal now, they'll just catch you. There's nothing in this world you will inherit without strength, either negatively or spiritually. So you rather choose the right path. So you will not become sluggish. We don't have that for examples in the scriptures. The examples we have in the scriptures are men who laid hold on the promises of God and says we will not let go. How can they threaten to put you in a lion's den and you still say it's okay? If we tell some of you now that if you don't stop praying, we'll put you in a dog's... What's a dog's stuff? Dog's cage, right? Some of you will stop praying. You will never ask the size of the dog. Lion. You know, when you read this thing, they look like interesting stories. How can a man be put in a lion's den and he was sleeping? What did this man know about God? They took three Hebrew children and said, we will throw you in the fire. Say, king, we, we will not even answer you on this matter. We're not having a conversation on these things. He says, our God will deliver us. But he says, even if he does not, we will not bow. What faith did they have? They have not even threatened you with fire. You have threatened yourself. I know, you know, if we was today, I mean, image of Daniel, I would just say, well, in my heart, I'm not barren, but uh, life is wisdom. Is it not wisdom? Say it's wisdom. Say Daniel is wisdom. Say God that brought us here will not use foolishness to lose our possession. He said, in your heart, don't bow. Say, but once they blow the trumpet, be tying your shoelace. We, we, God that is seeing our hearts, we know that we are not really buying. You hear the trumpet say, did we bow? Say, no, we did not bow. You know, we, we, we have friends that we arrange our own belief together with. The true fact, we now concretize our own belief and carry out in the direction of our own belief. What about if you have friends like those guys, that, that leper? Right? That guy that was, that was <laughs> on his bed. And Jesus was teaching. House was full. And the guys looked at themselves. and said, are you thinking what I'm thinking? He said, he said, he said yeah, my guy. The guys brought ladder. Eh? And Jesus was teaching. He was hearing the roof cut. 
I mean, what? Those are the kind of friends you should surround yourself with. That even if you die, their faith will bring you back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They dropped the man at the feet of Jesus. That guy, listen to me, child of God, that guy only lived. Not because Jesus was powerful or is powerful. That guy lived because he had four friends who had faith. When you surround yourself with unbelievers, what's going to happen to your faith? Your faith is going to come down. Because anytime you tell them, this is what God is putting in my heart, say, my brother, my brother, calm down. <laughs> faith has gone from 10 to 5. By the time they are done with you, say, you see this, I've looked at it carefully. That careful is an unbelieving heart. That's why you realize that some of you became friends with people and you can no longer believe God anymore. Everything is now logic. Everything is mind. Hallelujah. Get yourself some faith friends. Get into some faith conferences. Don't get into conferences where unbelief is taught. Get into places where your faith is fed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And keep feeding your faith. See, there is nothing that is impossible to the man that believes. We must be a generation that shows that faith works. That God's promises works. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're not going to be that generation that will back down, that will be sluggish, that will tone down on our belief and our confession. Glory to God. You know, we've come to a time in our Christianity where people are not asking. So if I want to marry a man that I think is the will of God, but the man wants to know if I am pregnant first so that we will know if we have issue. So that we will not marry. Two Christians, so. They want to test if they have issue. So that if there is no issue, then they can go ahead. And when you say you cannot marry those people, then they get angry. Then you know the example they point to you. Ten people who got married in church and were pregnant. Imitators. They will not point those who kept themselves. Have you realized that? They were bought in the first Anglican church of this city. I saw the man. I calculated. He said, my brother, he's when he comes to our own, they will now say they want to do Bible. But look at that one. They will now show you examples. They are Christians you should not follow. They are carnal Christians. They are not your examples. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They are pastors you should not follow. They are carnal pastors. They are not your example. What did, who did he say you should follow? Those who through faith and what? Come on, let me hear the next word. Patience obtain the promise. There is bad example and good example. You follow the good example. Paul warned Timothy of certain people. He said, don't follow these people. He said, mark them who cause division among you. There are people to mark in church. Those ones that are the borderline of carnality. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You must have a testimony of faith. Praise God. Are you still here? Alright, so let's investigate this word now. Don't be sluggish. Don't be slow. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let's not become discouraged in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not become weary. To be discouraged means to be weary. The New Living Translation says, so Galatians 6, 9, so let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't get up. Let's not lose heart. Let's not get discouraged. Let's not get weary. 
Let's keep on the message of faith. Let's keep declaring the message of faith. Let's keep telling people that you will have what you say. Glory to God. You know, one of our brothers here, you know, sitting on the front row, we were talking about this conference, and he mentioned the direction God gave to them. Had a job in Lagos, and the Lord says, I want you to come back to this island and work with children. And what he's earning is four times less than what he was earning before there. That's faith. That's faith. Hallelujah. That's faith. The development of your faith. When last did you believe God for anything? And you follow through until it came. Hmm? You are believing God for money. After one month does not come, you have collected loan. <laughs> Say when the money comes, we'll pay back. Say God, where you answer? You have collected loan. Eh? You are trusting God for breakthrough finances. Things are tough. You finished your tight. You are owing God. Say God, don't worry. This is October. Put one or two things together. By November, we balance the church. No faith. No faith that God can sustain you with the 90. With all the tithes you have consumed, what have you achieved? Eh? Uh, you know, our tithes are, I say, is the New Testament Jesus died? Did Jesus say we should pay tithes? Be arguing with yourself. No, it's not say we should pay tithes. Say you should eat all your money. That's what the New Testament says. Take it. Eh? Become richer. You have become the richest man in your village since you stopped giving, right? Made progress. You have become sluggish. No faith anymore. You see, whatever is not done out of faith will not please God. Hallelujah. Let's look at six, um, four areas people become sluggish. Number one, in prayers. Look at some areas where people become sluggish in prayers. Now, when I talk about this prayer, I'm talking about the prayer of persistence, not the prayer of faith. The prayer of persistence, which means a prayer to birth something in your life that has not existed before. Come with me to James um, chapter 5 and verse 17. Can you put up that scripture for me quickly? James chapter 5 and verse 17. Look at this. It says, uh, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. That means he was human. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three, and, three years and six months. Then he prayed again. And the sky poured rain and the earth produced food. It showed us that Elijah had power in nature by using God's word to pray. Right. Now, come with me to 1 Kings chapter 18. Let's, let's come to this story now. Areas we must not become sluggish. First Kings chapter 18. When we talk about receiving our faith offering during the faith conference, what are we talking about? Putting our faith into sacrificial giving. Giving over and beyond and believing God for a harvest. We're putting our faith to work. First Kings chapter 18, please, verse 41. Now Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the roar of a heavy shower. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the top of the camel, and he crossed down on the earth and put his, put his face between his knees. He said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. These are not servants that are doing faith confession. The servant looked and said, hey boss, there's nothing. 
And the Bible says how many times? Come on somebody. How many times? Go back how many times? Seven times. Elijah knew that God had given him his word. That rain was going to fall. That abundance was going to come. So what did Elijah do? He stayed in that prayer position until he saw the signs. God has told you, you will be fruitful. You stay in that prayer position until you conceive. God has told you, you will prosper. You stay in that prayer position until the finances have come. God has told you, your church will grow. You stay in that prayer position until people begin to walk into that church. You don't become sluggish. Somebody say glory. You don't become sluggish. Look at what it says. It came about the seventh time that he said, Behold, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down. So the heavy shower does not stop you in a little while. Somebody say in a little while. And you know that little while came after seven times. Brother, if he had stopped at the fifth time, he would not have seen the little while. Don't become sluggish. God gave you a scripture. God gave you a promise. Paul told Timothy. He says, wage a good warfare by those words that were spoken to you. Oh, God said you were going to be a millionaire. God said you were going to prosper. God said you were hold on to that word and pray on it until you see signs. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We don't become sluggish. Imagine Elijah prayed four times and said, you know what? It is God's will. God is mysterious. His wonders to perform. If God wants rain to fall, God will make the rain fall. I've tried my best. Have I not tried my best? Yes, Master, you have tried. <laughs> what will happen? Ah, God's word does not come to pass. No, he's constant. Praise God. And in a little while, the sky grew black and clouds and wind and there was a heavy shower. Praise God. He stayed in the place of prayer. What has happened to your prayer life? Hmm? Has it, have you become sluggish? Eh? Or now that God has prospered you a bit, you have reduced. You know, there are many promises you need to contend for in your life. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, is somebody in this house tonight? We go back to the place of prayer and begin to contend for it. Every seat in this church will be full. Every seat in this church will be full. Every seat in this church will be full. There are people in this city for us. You pray on every chair. You pray on every chair until every seat is taken. You don't become sluggish. You don't now build a theology around your failure. Say, we are the remnant of the earth. Say, we are the remnant. Jesus did not die for remnant. He died for the whole world. He wants people saved. Don't build a theology around your poverty. Ah, I don't, you don't know what rich people are using. Oh, hmm. Even pastors now, they are burying something under their pulpit. You like all those trending stories. Sometimes you have to address your poverty by persistent prayer. In the name of Jesus, I change the direction of my life. Favor of God works in me. You don't confess favor one day and forget the next day. You're sluggish. Are you still here? Or you've become lazy? Hmm? You stay persistent. Okay, let me show you another. Another. Luke chapter 11. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Is somebody getting blessed tonight? Hey, are you learning something tonight? Is somebody going to go back to the place of prayer? Amen. You tell yourself, by the time I come back to Faith Refreshers Conference 2024, I would have bettered some answers. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want a word of God to work. I want to have a testimony of the favor of God. Praise God forevermore. I want to be blessed by God. 
Luke 11, verse, uh, Luke 11, verse 8. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Learn to put your faith to work. Luke 11, verse 8. Huh? Let's read from verse 5. Then he said, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. Those of you who used to travel and not tell people you're coming. <laughs> and from inside he answers and says, don't bother me. The door has already been shut and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. If it's some of you, the friendship have ended. Okay? I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, that means, listen carefully to this and don't miss this. He says, if this man will not respond to his need by relationship, he will respond by persistence. There are some things, child of God, in life. The only thing that they will answer to is persistence. That's the truth. Gloria Copeland said, inconsistency lies the power. Some things in life, pastors, some levels of ministry will answer to persistent prayer. The more you pray, it looks like there's no cloud. You pray it until there will be a manifestation of it. You stay on earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He says, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Which means as much as he needs is based on his persistence. Come on, somebody. Persistence. You just confessed something once and you didn't see it. He said, hey, this confession thing does not work. Hey, name it, claim it, blah, 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 Confessing, 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 confessing. What is he confessing, 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 confessing? Three times. They're not ready. The things of the spirit will try your motive. These things are not gambling. You know beyond the sure, beyond, beyond the certainty of doubt that God's word is true. Why is this word not playing out in my life? You stay there until you see. You see, those are the testimonies we should share when we get together. See, brother, I've been trusting God for this thing and now it's manifested. You encourage another brother, not discourage people believing. You know, there's some people who just discourage others. Let's, let's go on. Then he says, So I say to you, So what? I say to you, what should you do? Ask. And it shall be what? Given. Seek. And what will happen? You will find. Knock. And what will happen? The door will be what? Open to you. Praise God. Do you realize that the Lord taught this based on persistence. When he says ask and it shall be given, he wasn't saying ask once. Because that's not the context of the parable. When he says knock, the door will be open, he wasn't saying just knock. Boom! You know, if you, if you have played that play before, God forgive you. Those days when doorbell came very early, some rich folks had that. <laughs> huh? That God will call us to preach. God is merciful. Some rich guys had doorbells around them. Eh? Every time I want to go, to put, don't come and fetch water here. Don't come and fetch water here. So we'll go round to fetch water. When they had, you know, pumping machine. So they finally bought a doorbell. Oh boy. 
and me and my friends we were rejoicing. Because finally, we will ring the doorbell, ring, 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 ring. We see somebody coming, we'll take off. <laughs> they will come outside, they will look, say, you know, <laughs> ah, God needs to forgive me. We say, for the for how far they made us to trek, we'll make them to trek to the gate. So we'll be counting. <laughs> trek from the upstairs down, trek from the upstairs down, until the man removed the doorbell. That's what they say. We were persistent. And we got our results. Since we did not have a doorbell, nobody on these streets should have a doorbell. That's faith. He didn't come because we rang once. He came because we kept ringing and kept ringing. Somebody said it's not a good thing. That's your problem. But that, that, that doorbell was removed because of what? See, there are things in your life. It's not the devil. It's your laziness that's still keeping that sickness in your body. The day you tell yourself, listen to me, I don't care what happens. I don't care what the doctor's report says. Today is the day I draw the freight line and I'm not coming back. I will be persistent on this thing until it leaves. Come on, somebody, we need to have a testimony of persistence. We give up too easily. Develop some spine in your life. What God promised you can still come to pass. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't care whether we're moving into another year. Throw the calendar away. Stop saying, if this does not happen in 2023, maybe it will happen in 2024. I don't care if it's 2056 or 2078. As long as that promise is not fulfilled, you will not die. God is giving you long life to inherit certain things. Caleb said, 40 years ago, God told me about this mountain. He says, now I am 80. He says, I'm still as strong as I was 40 years ago. And he says, give me this mountain. For 40 years, come on, somebody. The man held on to the promise of the mountain. He didn't forget. Some of you have forgotten the promises and the prophetic word God gave you last year. Every year, you're collecting new word, new word, new word. The last five words, no one has come to pass. A time comes in your life, you say, God, no more. What you told me in 1994 still has not come to pass and I'm laying hold on it. Hallelujah. We need to have some Caleb in this generation that says I've been holding on to this word. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to read something to you. Um, I want to read from the West Expanded Translation. Now the West Expanded Translation is translated actually the way the original Greek is. It says and as for myself I am saying to you, look at what it says, keep on asking for something to be given. In the original Greek, it didn't say ask. And that's one, one issue with the Greek translation to English. There are certain words in the Greek that are continuous, that were translated in English as once off. This is one of them. It says, keep on asking for something to be given, and it shall be given to you. It says, keep on seeking, and you shall find. Keep on reverently knocking, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking for something to be given, keeps on receiving, and he keeps on seeking, keeps on finding. And to the one who keeps on reverently knocking, it shall be opened. Then he goes on to verse 11. Come on, somebody. Verse 11 says, Moreover, who of you, the father, should the son ask for a fish? He will, he will give him a snake. What he's trying to say is this. The generosity of God is consistent. What is the variable there is your persistence. Remember, if you came in yesterday, I thought about that. Right? The goodness of God. If you ask God for a fish, he will not give you a snake. Let me tell you something, child of God. Don't lower the things you are asking from God. 
Don't say, oh, I need, maybe for instance, I need a hundred thousand to get this done. But God, if you cannot, if you don't have hundred thousand this time, since these are tough, please make it fifty-five. No, no. Keep asking until that hundred thousand gets complete. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? You are persistent and you don't go back. How can God call you to the ministry and you, you close your eyes and fail? For what? If you were not needed, God will not have called you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be sluggish. Tell your neighbor, don't be sluggish. Say, say, don't be lazy. Now, the Greek word, not the Greek word, the King James Version uses the word importunity. It says the quality of repeatedly asking for something in a forceful and annoying way. When you say forceful and annoying way, you know how people annoy you? You know some of you have some people around you. Eh? They're asking you for money. You know, those people... <laughs> They beg with the Greek word called anadeo. Anadeo means shamelessness. Means to, <laughs> to be shameless. That means they will send you all their accounts. If you don't pick, they will call you with another number. Say, ah, it's me. It's me. Say, don't cut this one. Oh. Don't cut this call. <laughs> shameless. Until you just tell yourself that, listen, I'm not, I, it, I, I really don't want to give you, but please, so I will have peace. That's the kind of persistence God is saying you should apply to your faith. It's not like you are disturbing God, right? You know why I say it's not like you are disturbing God? Because in the next verse, he has already said, as a father, if you ask me for fish, I will not give you snake, which means God is willing to give. Don't reduce your demands. God is able. I said, God is able. I said, God is able to give you a job before this year ends. I said, God is able to give you an employment before this year ends. God is able to cause that promotion to come before this year ends. God is able to cause that conception to happen before this year ends. Don't drop down your faith. God is able. The next thing we're sluggish with is the confessing of the word. The confessing of God's word. Declaring what we want to see. Calling those things that be not as though they were. Mark eleven twenty three says, you shall have what you say. You shall have what you say. Don't come to the point where your confession don't matter anymore. Don't try to side with your friends. Don't try to be politically correct. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't say, eh, you know what? Eh, you know, no, 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 no. I can't be sick. I can't be poor. I can't be broken. I can't be disfavored. You know, in this company, is who knows somebody that they are always favoring? Yes, I know somebody. Who, 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 who? He's the Holy Ghost. He is my advantage. He's my helper. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Eh, I know, I know the Holy Spirit, but re-person. What? Have you heard Christians say, let's live Bible and talk real life? Immediately you agree to that. You are siding with the devil. What do you mean by live Bible? This is the real life. This is where we can give life to the dead. Let me tell you something. Don't ever believe in this life that you can be disfavored. You carry the mark of the living God. The Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Wherever you go, you believe that the mark of God is on your life. It's because I'm a black person. <laughs> there are homeless people in America with white skin. Hey, doesn't solve any problem. You know, I don't, people have this victim. I don't know why. I don't have it. Anywhere I go, I believe I will excel. I never go to a place and feel uh, inferior. Uh, no, 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 no. I remember I went to one place one, one time ago. <laughs> there are many people all here. 
people working in the industry, he made photos, introduced himself. This one, I'm MD, this one. I'm this one, that one. I'm this one, that one. I said, I'm pastor. That's why some pastors have changed their titles. Because it's too soft. So you say, who are you? I say, I'm a leadership expert, destiny repairer, builder, life strategist coach. Oga. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Say he gave some pastors, apostles, prophets, and teachers. Who are you? Say, you know, if you don't say that, they will not accept you. Who cares? It is the foolishness of the gospel that the wisdom of God is revealed. That's why we started teaching psychology from the pulpit. What are we studying this Sunday morning? Uh, we are studying the four personalities type. Choleric, phlegmatic, uh, misbehaviotic, you know. <laughs> and then somebody is just annoying. And say, why can you say that's why I am? You know, I'm, I'm phlegmatic. We get mad when it's at night. <laughs> then why did you get born again? Your marriage is in trouble because you're hooking up to personality type. I don't care which, which kind of matic you are, phlegmatic, choleric, sanguinic, whatever that madness is about your personality, the Holy Ghost can change it. Why do you hide the devil under personality type? You're unfriendly, you are rude, you're uncaught. He said, that's just our type. You know, we sanguine, we just talk anyhow. One of the prayers you should pray is touch my lips with the coal of fire. Listen, when that sanguine spirit or choleric spirit or madness wants to come out of you, the Holy Ghost will hold you and say, my friend, don't talk. If you listen to the Holy Ghost long enough, that devil will leave you. Am I saying, oh, people don't have personalities? That's not what I'm saying. But I mean, these things cannot take the place. You were created in the image of God. Adam was not choleric, sanguine. He is in the image of God. The Holy Ghost has greater power to change you. We need to stop this nonsense in the church. Start teaching people, and before you know, psychology. People can't quote scripture. They'll quote Aristotle. And Plato said, say, yes, very correct. I don't care what your personality is. There's a solution in the word. It's called the fruit of the spirit. I said it's called the fruit of the spirit. You are the angry type. There's love there for you. There's endurance. That's your testimony of faith. I used to be this, but I'm now what? The Holy Ghost didn't come to patch your character. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Psalm 141 verse 3. Psalm 141 verse 3. And you know why? You know why I had to emphasize that in that way? I needed to emphasize it. It's because I realized right now we are hiding behind personalities not to be Christians. So people now say, this is who I am. No. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. And you've got to use your faith to change your character. Somebody say amen. amen. Psalm 143 verse, verse 3. What does it say? Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Give me the New American Standard Bible. Set a watch. Quickly. Set a watch. He says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Can you see the prayer of the psalmist? Then he says what? Keep watch over the door of my lips. You know, this is interesting. It means that this, your lips, right, is a door. By it, things enter your life. There are certain times you need to close the door of your lips. Certain time you need to set a guard. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because what you say you would have. Go to Proverbs 13.3. Let me have the scriptures quickly. Our time is going. Proverbs 13.3. Somebody getting blessed tonight? 
Proverbs 13. The one who guards his mouth preserves his life. Hey, if you guard your mouth, what are you going to do to your life? You will preserve your life. The one who opens wide his lips, ruin comes. Did you see why the psalmist says, close the door? Because some of us just open our mouth. Hmm? We open it wide. I just, I just talk my mind. I just talk my mind. I don't care. I just talk my mind. If all my friends know me, as it is in my heart, it's like that we bring it out. Look at it. The one who opens his wide, <laughs> opens wide his lips comes to ruin. That means your future is destruction. Keep opening it. That's why the psalmist says, say, God, please, set a guard. What does that mean? Every time I want to say something that is not right, let the Holy Spirit restrain me so you can preserve your life. Some of us, our faith is not functioning because we talk too much. Set a guard. Look at this. You can't say everything in your mind. Because if you say everything in your mind, your life will come to ruin. You say only what God says. Yeah, let me close here because I want us to have some time of worship. It's like you committed a crime. I'm just saying, you committed a crime, right? Then the lawyer comes and says, okay, when we go to the court, when they say guilty or not guilty, Say, say not guilty. Say, uh, uh, lawyer, I don't believe in not guilty. Oh. I just see my mind. The way it is in my mind. Okay, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Then you go to the court. And then I say, did you kill? I'm going to continue from here tomorrow. Say, did you kill the man? I say, where? Actually, I did not mean to kill the man. But I killed the man because the lawyer is saying, I should say not guilty. But you know me as it is in my heart. My brother. <laughs> my brother. You are going to jail straight on a speedboat. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to this now. Because the lawyer can only argue your case based on what you say. So when you, now, the lawyer knows you did it. He is not, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? He knows you did it. But he's telling you to say something he can use for your advantage. Can I tell you something? God knows what you need. God knows your mistakes. God knows your failure. He is your advocate. So he tells you, say it like this. Let the weak say, I am strong. Give me something to work with in your life. You say, no, I'm weak. Oh. I'm weak. Oh. I will still die. Oh. I'm weak. Oh. And you, you incapacitate your lawyer. Because with those words, he cannot work. With those words, you are defeated. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when we confess the word of God, we are not denying the reality that we're, we're not denying the reality of our, of, of our circumstance. No, we are giving our lawyer something to work with. We are giving the Holy Ghost something to work with. When you say, let the weak say, I am strong. And you say, I'm strong. I'm strong. And you're feeling weak. You know, the Holy Ghost will begin to infuse strength into your body. That's why the Bible says, if that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, he says, if it dwells in you. It will revitalize your mortal body. The, the Amplifier says it will give it life again. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't ever accept that your body is dead. Don't accept that you're getting old. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You keep speaking God's word. You keep declaring God's word. And what are you doing? You're giving your advocate something to work with. Oh, in this company, people are oppressed. No, I'm not oppressed. The favor of God is over my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In this place, people don't do well. No, 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 no. I do well. The path of the choice shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. In this country, it is difficult to make it. No, in famine, he will keep us alive. Glory to God. 
and you keep speaking God's word. What are you doing? You are giving your lawyer something to work with. Confession time is pleading your case. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the prosperous of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody looks at you and says, are you rich people? Don't say, I don't call us. We are just managing. No, 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 no. We are not managing life. We are not patching life. Jesus did not die so we can manage and patch life. He died so we can have life and have it more abundantly. The Amplified says, so you can have it to the overflow. Learn to say the right words. Hallelujah. Don't hang around people who laugh at confessions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even Jesus went in there to raise the daughter of Jairus. He says they were laughing at him. What did Jesus do? He sent them out of the house. Some people need to leave your house. You're trusting God for the fruit of the womb. Every story that they are bringing is somebody who has not given birth. Eh? Somebody who stayed 80 years and didn't give birth. How can you be listening to that? You're trusting for your church to grow. The only people you listen to are people who are the remnants. There are only five, where two or three are gathered. Eh? You're trusting God to prosper. The only people you listen to are those. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Guard the door of your lips. Hallelujah. Somebody stand on your feet. Glory to God. Let's close. We'll continue from here tomorrow night. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.